We've got a special different view for you today, brought to you live from Washington, D.C., where we can find our regular reporter, Andrew Jong of Merger Market. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Alex. And um, we're going to begin with the domestic issue, but then we're going to, uh, in true fashion, given your location, talk about the similarities between Donald Trump and Puck and Hay if any. But first, Deo Shipbuilding has re-triggered another too-big-to-fail debate. Right, and I think the uh, the, the classic too-big-to-fail argument fits into the situation here in Korea. And uh, I think the question is, you know, should policymakers approach the Teo problem with an attitude saying that uh, we shouldn't let the company uh, fail and hence um, avoid massive layoffs but pour in taxpayer money or go the other way and letting the giant company fail and accepting uh, massive layoffs in order to save uh, taxpayer money that could be spent uh, better, according to some people. So you've got a few outlets uh, from Korea, but we begin with the Financial Times. Right. Uh, the Financial Times wrote a column criticizing uh, the South Korean government's renewed push to pour more cash into uh, Daewoo Shipbuilding. And in a column headlined, Daewoo Shipbuilding, Deep Water, uh, the FT argued that South Korean politicians would be better off if they rejigged uh, Daewoo Shipbuilding as part of a broader industrial restructuring uh, instead of blindly pouring more funds uh, into the So they, the they win and, prizes. And, Andrew, I was just going to say, they win some prizes there for uh, their shipping and maritime slash water terminology. But how seriously can we take this, column? <laughs> What's the heavyweight argument? Right, and they, they note a, uh, a few critical facts that illustrates or appears to illustrate uh, Taosha Building's uh, predicament, uh, noting that um, it's been leaking cash since 2013, um, the FT also reminds readers that the share prices of Daewoo have fallen from above 300,000 Korean won per share from early 2014 to 44,000 Korean won last summer before it got suspended uh, uh, by the bourse. And the key reason behind this collapse, according to the FT, is that uh, Daewoo's oil drilling uh, construction business has been too exposed uh, to global oil prices, which have fallen greatly. And the FT notes that simply pouring more money into such a problem uh, with the hope that rising oil prices sometime down the future would, wouldn't solve the, uh, the fundamental problem, which is exposure to cyclical busts in the oil drilling construction business, and uh, which is, of course, caused by fluctuations in oil prices. And the FT concludes that, quote, if the rig unit fails, uh, in reference to the oil uh, drilling business that Teo has been exposed to, uh, public funds would be better spent on retraining redundant staff. And let's let, take a look at the Joel Bo's impression of this. That's obviously quite a, a tough talking commentary from the Financial Times. But here, a, a conservative daily uh, has its view. Right. And, and the Chungang takes uh, the side of the critics uh, against pouring more money into uh, Teo and the Chungang especially stresses that, you know, the government decision to include, yet again, the National Pension Service as part of the rescue package that they is especially problematic. And remember that the uh, the NPS was was and is still heavily criticized for its role in supporting, allegedly supporting, the merger of Samsung, CNT, and Chaeyoo Industries in 2015, which is, of course, uh, was a merger that prosecutors said 
uh, was obtained through uh, illicit bribes allegedly given by Jay Lee of Samsung to the Pakistani administration, which, of course, Lee and Samsung have repeatedly denied and still continue to do so. But um, the, the mere fact that the NPS was um, linked to that and is now holding convertible bonds in Taiwan shipbuilding worth about 390 billion Korean won is, is a fact that the Chungang notes uh, that the government should take caution. And the Chungang adds that the NPS is in a dilemma. Uh, on the one hand, the NPS is under heavy pressure, as we've just said, uh, to, I guess, tread carefully. But on the other hand, um, uh, the, the fund is, uh, I guess, re- if the fund refuses to support the latest government ploy to avoid a Taiwan shipbuilding collapse, the, uh, the fund, uh, the pensions are, uh, pension risks losing the loans that it made uh, to Taiwan in the first place. So, it's, it's in a dilemma, according to the Zhuang, and the Zhuang concludes that the NPS should be given favorable rights in the Taiwan situation, saying that the government should prioritize uh, the rights of pensioners when dealing with the NPS's stakes in Taiwan. Uh, right. The newspaper also demands politicians quit making populist statements about job preservations, arguing such statements interfere with a proper restructuring of Taiwan shipbuilding. Well, let's get a different view. I believe you've got the Korea Economic Daily in front of you as well. Yes, and, and that newspaper took a critical tone against the NPS, so slightly different from the Chumang. And uh, the newspaper took a special exception to the allegations that the NPS has been refusing to meet senior executives at Teo for unclear reasons, according to the newspaper. And the Korea Economic Daily quotes industry sources saying that the NPS has created excuses to refuse meetings with the Korea Development Bank, which is, of course, the state bank, which is a uh, major creditor of Taewoo Shipbuilding. And the Korea Economic Daily uh, voices suspicion that the NPS wants to avoid any future controversy by refusing to be Taewoo uh, in the wake of, again, the recent corruption scandal where uh, prosecutors took issue with the fact that NPS executives had met Samsung J. Lee uh, in the days before and after uh, Samsung CNT and Channel Industries merged mm. in 2015. Uh, the newspaper concludes that the MPS is not only the public institution tossing Taiwan around like a hot potato, but there is, of course, the Ministry of Trade, Industry, and Energy, uh, the Korea Development Bank, and the Financial Services Commission, uh, which are all three public institutions, and the pre-economic daily accuse, accuses them of trying to minimize the political legal exposure to the Dao situation and are hence shirking their responsibility as institutions that should try to minimize any fallout from the situation. Let's also get onto this other subject in keeping with your presence in Washington, D.C. right now, Andrew, um, and whether Donald Trump and Park share some similarities in the way they're both being treated by and the way they handle the media. Right, and and here in D.C., I, I've noticed a lot of people joking about Donald Trump in a, in a not-so-respectful uh, way that you might expect people to, I guess, you know, talk about a newly uh, nominated or elected uh, official uh, to the White House. And um, the media relationship that Trump has had has not been friendly, to say the least. And the Washington Post on Tuesday morning here, local time, published a column entitled uh, the president could learn from his mistakes, but he won't. Uh, the column argues that Trump lacks a genuine band of competent uh, policy advisors who can tell the president the truth. And the post column, I mean, it was very 
took a very satirical note and noted that Jared Kushner, who is, of course, the son-in-law and a key advisor, and Ivanka Trump had been, or Ivanka Kushner, sorry, had been skiing uh, during the week that Trump had failed to legislate his uh, version of a health care act. And uh, I guess the Post noted that they had gone skiing to partially illustrate the situation last week, again, when Trump had been forced to scrap his proposed health care bill. And the column adds that Trump's recent failed bill had proposed, quote, taking away coverage from 24 million people, most of, them, most of whom uh, were working-class Americans that Trump claimed champion uh, in the latest jab that the Post has made uh, at the alleged contradiction between Trump's populist agenda and his proposed policies. Um, I think there were two implications from this particular uh, editorial from the Washington Post. And it, first, it illustrates the potential results of electing a populist um, uh, official. I think this is a good uh, implication and takeaway for Korean voters going to vote on May 9th. Mm. Um, and then the second takeaway, I think, um, is that the lack of a genuinely competent uh, advisory panel for the president uh, in an administration uh, kind of reminds uh, a lot of people of what happened with, to the Pakune administration. Um, the president has been accused of having not such a genuine set of advisors who have been accused um, as fawners at worst and yes-men at best. And I think you know there were two notes that we could take away from this particular editorial here. Um, we are out of time, but it's perhaps worth just very briefly reflecting on the Wall Street Journal's criticism of the Post. Right. Uh, the Journal was uh, critical of the Post for taking an alleged uh, partisan attitude. And the lesson from this editorial uh, was that, uh, you know, we should, the checks and balances in governments, uh, like in the U.S. and Korea, work better than we expect them to. And the journal argued that the checks and balances is keeping Trump in place. And I think that reminded uh, a lot of Koreans of how the constitutional court here in Korea had successfully, I guess, kept President Park in check when she allegedly violated the Constitution. Yeah, well, I think there's been a bit of hyperbole around, hasn't there, in the media, without doubt. But, it, you know, that sells papers as well. We have to remember, as consumers, uh, that side of it. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. Good to have you on the line with us. Thank you, Alex. Andrew Jong of Merger Market. Today, out of Washington, D.C., which is why we brought that slightly different flavor and today's different view.